Hi there, and welcome to The Pickle Jar. I am your host, Jill Battle, and I am so excited that you're here today, and I am so excited about our episode today with my dear friend, Leslie James. Now, before we get to Leslie, I'd like to, if this is your first episode, just tell you quickly a little bit about myself and The Pickle Jar. So um, I've lived with adrenal insufficiency or primary Addison's disease for just over 10 years now. And it is my passion to advocate and educate on Addison's disease and to bring us together as a community. And now that is what the pickle jar is all about. It's bringing us all together um, so that we are stronger, we have better quality of life, and we have a voice and also a voice for other people living with invisible illnesses. Now on today's episode, Um, As I mentioned, it is my dear friend, Leslie James. Now, Leslie and I met many, many years ago when I was first diagnosed with adrenal insufficiency at a Canadian Addison Society support meeting. And these support meetings, and I've mentioned them in past podcasts, were essential, were so crucial when I was diagnosed. Before I was even diagnosed, I was able to go to the Canadian Addison Society website and get in contact with a Canadian doctor to answer my questions. Um, when I was scared, when I got blood work back before I was officially diagnosed and he helped walk me through the diagnosis. And then I continued that journey with the Canadian Addison society by attending their biannual meetings in Southern Ontario. These, these meetings were life-changing for me. Um, they put me together with a community of people kind of like what we're doing here on the pickle jar connecting so that I didn't feel all alone. We shared our stories. We had our family there for support. And it was just an an amazing resource for me when I needed needed the help the most. Now, these meetings were run for many, 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 many years um, by our leader, Harold Smith. And unfortunately, um, Harold passed away this week. And we are going to dedicate this episode to Harold because he really, he really is when I was looking, thinking about him last night, he, he was the original pickle. He was, um, he, he was the person who brought us all together with him and his wife were so dedicated to these meetings, getting us and having guest speakers, endocrinologists, teaching us about emergency injections, um, providing that education and advocating for us so that we could have better quality of life. And without a doubt, I'm sure he has saved probably some of our lives and given us that quality of life and given us that community because there's nothing more powerful when you can, when you're all alone and you can walk into a room and we were all there with Addison's disease and we could listen to each other's stories and we could share. It was the sharing that was so, so important for us and we needed so desperately. And that was given to us by Harold. So we are forever grateful to you, Harold. And we thank you so much for your dedication. And I wish you well on this new journey that you're on and your, our love and our condolences are with your family right now as they celebrate your life. And we just thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you did for us. Cause you truly made a difference for us. So this episode and wonderfully, Leslie is the guest. And because this is where Leslie and I met, it's also where I met my dear friend, Danielle at the Canadian Addison society support meetings. And Danielle was the person who, um, gave me the knowledge of the technology of using an infusion pump to, to manage my illness. And that changed my life as well. So, um, the Canadian Addison society 
support meetings, Harold, everything changed my world. And I thank you so much. So on today's episode, we have my friend, dear Les- friend, Leslie James. Um, she has an amazing story and I know you are going to find inspiration and it's going to empower you with whatever you're going through. Her story is about perseverance. Uh, she, it, it started in like 2000. She got knocked down, got back up to get knocked down again and again, and then just, and then to be confronted with some immense grief and loss. But from her journey, she, she found a purpose from it and it's so, so inspiring. So I know you will enjoy her story. And before we get um, started with Leslie's journey, I just want to caution with you that there, we are going to be dealing with topics of grief and death and end of life planning. So if for some reason, this is sensitive to you at this moment in your life, please know that Leslie is dealing, she just glows as a human being. She's, she's delivering this information with the most compassion and love that you can imagine, but you at any time have the power to stop, to pause, come back to the podcast, whatever feels right for you. Um, But this is going to be in an inspiring story and some valuable information for you. So, so again, Harold, thank you so much for everything that you've done for us. And this episode is dedicated to you. And now I'd like to introduce into the pickle jar, my dear friend, Leslie James. Leslie, let's get started. I am so excited to share your story today and how you transformed um, your pain into purpose and to share that with our listeners. But I'd like to start today um, by you sharing just a little bit about yourself. Just share with us a little bit about who Leslie is. Sure. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Jill Battle, for having me on your Pickle Jar podcast as a guest. I know you know, uh, we mentioned, I just want to, before I get into introducing myself, I just want to hold space for uh, a person that has really touched both of our lives and impacted the lives of many others uh, who have Addison's disease, primary adrenal insufficiency, and also secondary. So, and that is Harold Smith uh, with you know, the Canadian Addison Society, he was the president for many years, um, really implemented a number of initiatives, worked tirelessly, and sadly, he has passed. So I want to just hold space for him and his family and the community um, that knew him. So just, uh, you know, sending uh, sympathy and empathy to his, uh, to Sue and his entire family. So thank you. And, um, you know, um, thank you for having me on your, on your podcast. I, my name is Leslie James. I live in Markham, Ontario, just North of Toronto, Canada. And, uh, I've had Addison's disease, uh, when I was diagnosed in May of 2000, whether I had it a year and a half before that, when I started getting sick, uh, that's to be determined, but I was officially diagnosed over 22 years ago. So I've been living with Addison's disease and uh, subsequent to that, I was also diagnosed with fibromyalgia and uh, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. So, you know, I'm in pain and, um, you know, on the outside, it might, I'm, I mean, I don't know what I look like to you, I'm, but I'm, I'm, um, I have abdominal pain. 
um, pretty much all the time. And I, I don't know which of those three I should treat. Um, so uh, I also um, have been drawn uh, just due to personal losses um, to study grief and uh, end of life and uh, become an end of life educator. Uh, and I promise this conversation will be very uplifting and, and I, I, I really want to make sure not to um, upset anybody. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Leslie. Your story, I'm so thankful for um, meeting you um, in, at the Canadian Addison Society meetings, again, which were you know, fueled by Harold's passion for us. And I'm just so honored that to have you on this podcast to learn more about your story. And it's just incredible. You know, people, but you just, it's so important for us to get to know each other's stories and exactly what each of us are living with. And it's just so inspiring. So please share with our listeners a little bit more about your journey with your diagnosis and how everything's kind of come into play for you over the last 22 years. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I had a, a stressful uh, time and, you know, this is a stress disorder. Um, so it, I had uh, my job had uh, where I was living became redundant. I had to there was a job for me if I moved and it wasn't, uh, you know, 200 kilometers away. But I just figured. But, oh, I was pregnant at the time. So um, I wanted to stay with my job um, and uh, it was it was really more way more difficult than I thought I already had a two-year-old uh, so then I moved new city new job um, you know just new bit new baby and it was um, really really stressful so um, I think that's when when I got sick actually um, and uh, you know what I had a newborn and a two-year-old and I just I, I just felt so exhausted I could barely you know um, do the grocers that, you know, pain, joint pain when I went to put the groceries away. Uh, I would get up in the morning, have a shower and have to go lie, lie down because I felt dizzy and nauseous or uh, nauseated. Um, I just had no energy. I mean, I, I'm a, a, I used to play a lot of tennis and I just had no energy to do anything fitness related. And I just thought that's, how, that's what it is with a, a young family and adapting to learning a new job and living in a new city. But um, and then I started losing all this weight, which uh, what, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I put on a lot of weight with my pregnancy. So I thought this is great. You know, I'm losing all this weight. And um, and then uh, so I was born in Jamaica. I was born in Jamaica. I've been in Canada. You know, I came to Canada before I was 10. And uh, and then people I hadn't seen for a long, long time. Uh, and it was winter would say, oh, my gosh, have you been away? You look so tanned. Um, and I just thought, oh my, no, I hadn't been away, but my, my skin, I guess over time had gradually started, uh, darkening. So I had this tan, but I just thought, oh, well, I'm Jamaican, you know, I'm, I'm losing all this weight. Apparently I look really good. You know, everybody's complimenting me on how, how great I look <laughs> and I, I feel horrible. Um, so I went to my doctor, got to the point where I went to my doctor and I had him test me for arthritis and lupus and mono uh because I, I i just couldn't keep my eyes open i was just so exhausted all the time i was in so much pain and everything came back negative you know just and i, I then i started thinking is it is it all in my head right 
Um, thankfully, he referred me to an endocrinologist. I'd never been to an endocrinologist in my life. I remember, thankfully, my, my elder sister came with me. I could barely, you know, I had to take rests, uh, getting out of the elevator and sort of stop and, and rest and uh, have a seat. And um, he took one look at me, basically, the endocrinologist. And uh, he says, I think you have Addison's disease. So... You know, he did uh, the testing, the ACPH testing, and yes, that confirmed that I had primary adrenal insufficiency. Well, I'm very glad to hear that you had an endocrinologist that quickly recognized that you have Addison's disease and the signs. And just what you've told us already about your journey being diagnosed with Addison's, I'm sure people listening who have Addison's disease I mean, that's a story I've heard over and over again with the people I've talked to, you know, we're so sick, we kind of blame it on our lifestyle, what we're in, we're, you know, especially with me, I had a young family at the time. Yeah, you know, what? I'm exhausted. This is just life now. Um, started to lose weight, started to get a nice tan and everybody thought I looked like a million bucks. <laughs> right when I felt like death inside and I was exhausted. So definitely, I'm sure a lot of people listening know those parallels and can can relate with that. But I'm very thankful that you had an endocrine endocrinologist that recognized the hyperpigmentation right away to diagnose you quickly. And then from that, you had other diagnosis that came years shortly after your diagnosis with Addison's disease, correct? That is correct, Jill. You know, once I, I I'm very, you know, it's Canadian Thanksgiving weekend here. Uh, and I, I am very thankful. Uh, my original endocrinologist has uh, since uh, retired but I'm very thankful that he had, um, you know, I'd got a, a proper diagnosis after probably a year and a half of trying to figure out what was wrong with me at my GP level. So no offense to GP, you know, it's just something a GP it's hard to uh, diagnose. Yes, it's wouldn't know about necessarily know about because it's so rare. So once I started the, you know, the steroids, the, the, the treatment, I felt like a million bucks. Right. So I, you know, I am woman, I am strong, I went back to, you know, um, just went ahead and I was doing my tennis and Zumba and doing all my activities. And I really, I think I was fortunate. Um, and I, everyone is different. That's the thing. We are not medical people here. We're not giving medical advice or any legal or financial, no kind of advice. We are just I'm just sharing my personal story and it could be completely different uh, for you. So always seek uh, medical uh, guidance. But um, I thought, I am woman, I'm strong, I don't need any support. I think at the time, if I recall correctly, my endo had said, here's the Canadian Addison Society. And uh, I didn't originally join because I thought, oh, I don't need any support, I'm all good. But, um, but yeah, then I, you know, started having other um, stressors uh, in life and just, um, you know, work stress, etc. And uh, I was subsequently diagnosed with fibromyalgia and, uh, and also IBS. Um, so I was put on some um, medication for that. Um, and I, I really kind of, my size, I, I gained about 70 pounds. So um, in combination with the steroids that, that I was on, because I didn't know anything about an emergency injection kit. And I was put on a, a quite high dose, which I've known about, uh, now I've learned about 30 milligrams, which was high for me. So I had, 
I felt great. I was in this fairly safe place, not to go into crisis, but um, I it was it was too much uh, steroids for my my particular body. Uh, so I am just you know wanted to. Um, I also came to uh, during that time. I also had my first Addison's crisis. And my two good friends of mine uh, died. Two friends um, that I knew dearly passed away. So it just became, um, and my first Addison crisis, I was at home. And I remember calling the ambulance and my, you know, it was very scary. Neighbors and my son uh, witnessed me getting, you know, two paramedics, um, escorting me and helping me on a stretcher and uh, putting me in the back of an ambulance. And then my, I was in the hospital for two or three days and my family came there and were quite worried about me. So um, it was, it was very scary. And you feel that the, these were triggered by the, like the emotional stress of the unfortunate losses that you had. Is that what? Well, I don't, you know, there was, there was a combination of things. The interesting thing, I had also been uh, away. I had traveled on a, a really great girls weekend to Arizona and we ate really healthily. Um, when I cook, I, I tend to add a little bit more salt into my food when I cook because we need that salt. And I wasn't thinking anything of it. We were just, you know, two or three days away, but Arizona is quite hot. Arizona is quite hot. We were very active. We played tennis. We played golf. We were swimming, and um, and then on the as the times time change difference, and also when I got back, um, uh, I, I sat on the plane with someone who was who was quite sick, um, and so I don't know. I picked up something a few hours after I landed back home in Toronto. That's when my crisis uh, hit. So I don't know if I got, I was uh, grieving uh, the loss of my friends. I had, um, uh, you know, maybe picked up something. Maybe I didn't have enough salt in my diet. Maybe I was dehydrated. Maybe I got time, you know, the time change difference with my medication. Uh, maybe I got messed up. So it could have been a combination of different things. But I literally went downhill really fast. Like um, I have had two incidents of vomiting in 22 years. Um, and those two separate incidences um, caused me to have an adrenal crisis. And I ended up in by ambulance from home into the hospital. So, yeah. And I think that's what you just mentioned is very important for people with adrenal insufficiency to realize that sometimes things can come, compound on us very quickly a bunch of small things can compound on our on our addison's our adrenal insufficiency plates that can throw us into crisis and we don't expect it so it sounds like you had a lot of factors at you and then all of a sudden your body was just enough was enough and you experienced a crisis absolutely so you know i'm 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 uh, older than you are and there's nothing you know i'm living my life fully i'm working full-time but the fact that two of my friends uh, died and then I had this, I felt like that was like the adrenal crisis is, is not a pleasant thing at all. Um, it just led me to explore, um, you know, I just want to get my uh, affairs in order and help others with planning and educating. And um, so 
that that brings me a bit and um can i talk about my core values yes please so i love and you know what i sat behind you at that canadian addison society uh meeting many years ago probably 10 years ago now and i didn't realize we had so much in common you know grief of a different kind um and i'm just looking at your sign back there your core values i think uh, empower inspire comfort so I reflected on my core values and um, in the in the end of life space, three words that kept coming up are, were grief, fear, and pain. And I said, well, what can I do to help people? And what what is Leslie all about? And I reflected and I determined that my three core values are love, wisdom, and comfort. So we have that comfort uh, together, right? Um, I believe that comfort soothes, soothes pain, right? What do you do to make you comfort? Uh, I, you know, I bring comfort to uncomfortable conversations. I have a weighted blanket that uh, I wrap around me, and it sort of comforts me in my pain. Uh, I like my cup of tea. Um, and, and love, I believe that love softens grief, right? Um, whether it's, you know, pet loss, uh, loss of a beloved, you know, just um, we, can, we can hold grief and gratitude at the same time and know that we were loved and uh, I hate to sound cliche, but cliche, but cherish those, those memories, right? Love never ends. And then uh, the wisdom part, you know, I'm not necessarily like wisdom is a, a two-way street so you're inspiring and educating people about Addison's disease and chronic illnesses and rare diseases and autoimmune diseases and life-limiting illnesses and that's exactly what I I see myself as an educator and I think it just um you know wisdom embraces fear so that's that's a bit about uh me no, I love that. I love your core values. And it's one of the, the things I love about you as a human, because it just radiates from you. And it's, it's just so fabulous. And it's so important to point out that, you know, it started with your diagnosis, the things that you learned through your journey, and then it was heightened through your losses and kind of changed your path. And sounds like it helped you really kind of kind of find your authentic self and your true being and who you truly are as a human being. And that's so important in life to be who, who we are meant to be and, and to kind of to let that out in the world. And that's exactly what you're doing. So um, I appreciate that so much. So tell us a little bit more about um, whatever you want to share about the end of life planning and what you do. And you have some exciting things going on right now that I would love for you to share with everybody that I'm so proud of for you. Oh, thank you, Jill. You know, I, uh, yes, I, I founded uh, Last Wishes, Last Wishes Consulting uh, a couple of years ago, and I, I took training to be an end-of-life doula, a grief doula, also a little bit of uh, courses on, obviously, um, loss and, and bereavement. I volunteer in the bereavement sector, and I also work at a funeral home to help families with pre-planning and also aftercare. So I'm not a funeral director and it, it just, I have found my calling. This is my purpose. I left um, a very, very stressful job 
that no longer brought me joy. And I was at a stage in my life that I wanted to, you know, just step into my authentic self and say, what do I want to do? What, what, am I, what is my purpose? What am I here for? And yes, my exciting news is that um, this wonderful writing opportunity came up. And I know you are a published author as well. Uh, congratulations, uh, Jill. Uh, but actually, in two days from now is the book launch of this uh, compilation of Uncover Your Light, Volume 1 empowering stories of hope and resilience. So there's that word empower again. And these are inspiring stories of 21 women um, that share their vulnerable stories. Um, they could be about relationships or confidence or just situations in their life that have turned themselves around and um, came out of the darkness, right? And mine, after 20 plus years, so 22 years, I feel like I'm coming out and telling people I live with an invisible illness. I live with Addison's disease and I want to tell the world about it. And I want to, I see myself as an advocate for people living with invisible illnesses. Uh, my son um, also was diagnosed at age eight with type one diabetes. And for anybody that knows type one diabetes, that's an autoimmune uh, disease and I was pregnant with him at the time. It was very stressful. I don't know. Did it, there's absolutely no diabetes um, in our family, in either side of the family, and this came on um, quite um, as, as, as a devastating shock. So I uh, volunteer with JDRF, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, and uh, I just want to be a voice uh, and start talking about it just just like you are educating people. Yeah. And I think I think this, these books are amazing that are coming out like these books with all these stories together. I think when, you know, whether you have an invisible illness or anything that you're going through in life or not, these stories are so empowering and it's so yeah, just empowering to read these stories and be connected with people. And it's something I think that we're all craving from COVID to reconnect with people. And it's just in an amazing way. So people need to pick up copies of these books, the ones that speak to them, to read these stories, to know that we're not alone in what we deal with every day, that we all have struggles. We have all have days, most of us that we can't get out of bed and we, you know, and, and we feel defeated. Um, and to read these stories, it's just absolutely incredible. And to hear you know, people who take their pain and then they find their purpose. And that, you know, maybe if you are going through something, a, a terrible struggle and you feel like there's no hope, knowing that, you know what, just listen to your heart, let your heart open up and let people come into your lives. And, it, and it's going to guide you to, to your authentic self. And from your pain, you can find joy. And it's, and it's sometimes it's, I know personally from what I've experienced in life, it's for me, it was a heart it was a hard realization because, you know, I felt a little bit of guilt about saying I got joy from something so terrible and traumatic in my life. But when you can open up your heart, beautiful things can happen. And I think this is what this book is about. And I read your chapter and it was absolutely amazing. I cried through it because I could relate to your story, your Addison story and um, people with Addison's disease. You know, it's not something that we can connect to often and read 
about people going through the same journey as us. So it was, it was very moving for me to experience that. And I thank you for that. And thank you for, for sharing uh, that with me as well. So. Um, thank you, Jill. And I will just, what was the name of your book again? Cause I want to, it was, a, sorry, it was, I, I know it was transforming pain to purpose. That was another thing that was, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. No. You know, and that's the whole fibro fog, you know, with, with Addison's, it's just like, how many times did we try to schedule this podcast? Because no. either I wasn't feeling well, or, you know, you were double booked. You're just, uh, I, you just inspire me so much. But um, so the, I wrote chapter six, and I called it uh, from pain to purpose. And I'll just read the little quote at the bottom, if I will. Yes, please. And it's coming out on Amazon uh, Canada, um, uh, October 11th. Actually, everywhere, bookstores everywhere. Um, Target, Chapters Indigo, um, book uh, repository, uh, you know, everywhere. It'll be available in bookstores. Um, but if you want to place an order, uh, you know, we just want to get this book into as many people's hands. And um, so I put uh, sharing your stories of invisible illnesses empowers you to recognize that you are not alone. Discovering what makes you glow is the first step to living life fully on your terms, right? Like what have you found that is making you glow, you know, inspiring people, your Jill's Pickle Jar podcast, all the stuff you're doing with Team uh, Addison's and your Chronically Fit Canada. Wow, it's just amazing. You um, inspire so many people and I appreciate you more than you know. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that truly. Um, and, and I think, and like I said, like these books, like these books are, we all need to have, especially if you have an invisible illness, we need to have a toolbox of things to, I would say you have to be your own cheerleader. Um, and these are ways that you can cheerlead for yourself. You can take time for yourself and empower yourself. And yes, they are amazing um, things that we should all have as part of our lives. So um, it's very, very exciting. I'm so excited for you. Um, now, is there anything else that you can think that you'd like to share with us right now? I think we're probably going to have Leslie on as another guest coming up in some future episodes. We're going to explore some options um, because of her experience with end of life planning. You know, unfortunately, it is a reality for people with some invisible illnesses that it's definitely something that needs to be considered and to be explored. So we're looking at having Leslie on as a, another future guest so that if you are interested in stuff like this, you can, you know, come back and listen because I, I just feel Leslie is the person to deliver it. Like she, she has experienced it. She, um, she has the realization of the reality of having an illness and the importance of it. And when you can find somebody that you can connect to and radiates, you know, just that compassion and understanding that makes all the difference when you have to deal with such a delicate subject as stuff like this. So, um, so watch for stuff like that. So, um, Les, is there anything else that you can think that you would like to share with us today or anything more about your journey or anything at all? Absolutely. So I became, um, uh, a certified Willow, uh, EOL, uh, educator. EOL stands for end of life. You know, the queen, the queen had a funeral planned for decades, right? Talking about this is not going to hasten anything. 
it's actually the biggest gift we can give to ourselves and our loved ones, right? It's, um, I have a, a grief lounge with Leslie on Instagram live. So follow me at, at last wishes consulting. And the first day of the month at 9 p.m. Eastern, I just have a, a grief lounge with Leslie. Sometimes I have guest speakers. Sometimes I just, you know, it's just normalizing the conversations about grief. And it doesn't have to be, um, I mean, there's so many things that I think there's over 40 different types of grief, right? Uh, COVID, uh, loss of job. Uh, you know, I'm going through the whole empty nest uh, thing. Um, so it is not just uh, about um, death and dying. It's not morbid. This is like, I, do you remember, what was it, Dr. Ruth in this, in the whatever, the, the, the sex um, the talks, right? And, and it was, you know, talking about sex is not going to, um, you know, hasten people to go out. It's, it's all about education, right? Uh, and and, and doing things safely. Yeah, Abs yeah. yeah absolutely. Normalized. She made it okay. She got the awkwardness out of the way. And then all of a sudden, everybody was listening to Dr. Ruth, and she was a, a normal part of life, right? Yeah, just having having it having it safe. And um, so, um, my Willow um, workshops, I do them in person. I do them virtually. Next month, I'm going to do one uh, just for free. It's going to be called uh, "Remembering and Being Remembered" on Remembrance Day. I'll have all different workshops that I'll be doing, um, and. Uh, starting the evening of oh wow it's tomorrow night already so the 10th uh starting tomorrow evening and then into uh wednesday we're gonna have uh facebook and linkedin and different uh live stream events uh follow me on facebook as well last wishes consulting or follow me on linkedin leslie james and i will um put the link in there you can follow the event and just hop in at any time one of the events I'm going to be doing a little bit of reading from my chapter and maybe a little bit uh, a, a, a workshop uh, on self-love. So I do want to, um, can I talk about uh, lantern bearers? Yes. So my, um, you know, I, and there was this lantern that I have and and everything in my, do I, in my life I do with, you know, on purpose or with intention. So um there's this lantern that I have just a, a little decor and uh you know I've been a pallbearer at my grandmother's uh funeral and my uh second cousin was a torchbearer at, at the Olympics and I was thinking wow these are roles that these are like honored honorable roles and the idea of a lantern bearer um just came into my head it's exactly what what you're doing um finding community finding our people, sharing our stories, so we don't feel so alone. Yes. And what I came up with just six names for a lantern bearers. And Jill, you are you are definitely the advocate, right? So an advocate helps you holistically, they advocate and uh, educate. And then we also have the assistant. Having Addison's disease or any other invisible illnesses, yes, there are crappy days. I feel like crap right now. Um, I can tell, and I don't know if you can see, like, I, this is my dark, like, my elbows get really dark when I'm, I don't know, low cortisol, and I'm just, you know, I, I feel awful. I wear my medical alert, but the assistant, 
um, is another role. They help you practically and socially. There, there can be we can have fun too, right? So find your your person. Um, not everybody is going to be that social butterfly uh, to invite you out and, and help you stay organized. Um, obviously, on the on the wisdom side, you know, there's there's the specialist. So important to find an endocrinologist, especially if you got have Addison's disease that uh, is that you can trust. Okay, they are your trusted experts. Also, um, I named another one of these lantern bearers, the bookkeeper. I don't know how many. I'm not very good with paperwork, like receipts for all your, you know, expenses for your medications for different uh, treatments that you are taking. Someone in your life that okay, you know what? I really could use your help. Yeah. getting me sorted out with all this paper maybe it's tax time and you need to submit things because having a um chronic illness uh is is quite expensive you know there there are there are bills and uh treatments that add up and then my favorite on the comfort side um so grief buddy i i see myself as a grief buddy uh, and that's why i hold 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 my uh grief lounge with leslie just to normalize the conversations Someone might just even want to come and sit with you in silence, right? Uh, you might be having a bad day and just feel there's not, they they don't know professional expertise that is needed, but they will help you emotionally just by being there for you, right? And then uh, finally, um, another uh, lantern bearer that I have is the empath. And obviously that's in, in my role as well. And, uh, you know, they, they will, they might provide a, a bit of support on a spiritual level. Uh, it's just, it's just so healing. And again, I found my purpose with writing and sharing my story. And, uh, and that's why I called my, my chapter from, from pain to purpose, right? This is a calling uh, for me. It's not necessarily, I didn't put my hand up when I was a little girl and say, oh, I want to work for a funeral home. And I want to be, you know, talk about end of life planning when I was a, a little girl, but you know what, here I am. And it, it doesn't uh, hasten anything. I'm living my life fully, keeping myself as healthy as possible. And I hope those tips are, uh, very valuable and if in doubt get some epsom salts and have a soak in the tub because that <laughs> <laughs> to me is the cure the cure all for everything right well, I can tell you when I read your chapter when you talk about the things you just mentioned and I'm sorry what did you call them lantern bearers lantern bearers I, yes it was one of those things I really enjoyed about your chapter because it gave me an opportunity to slot the people into my life into their roles and it helped me acknowledge what these people do for me and to appreciate them. And to also to acknowledge that not everybody goes into every role and that's okay. You know, not everybody's going to be my medical support because they can't be. And sometimes I find you expect things out of people that they just can't give because it's not who they are. And, and that's okay. And I think when you have an invisible illness, it's important to acknowledge not everybody's going to be able to be your advocate because they just can't do that. That's not who they are. So we need to take a step back and look at these six roles and say, you know, who can help us with the medical expenses who, and it's okay to help, but we have to take a moment and ask the right person <laughs> because we're just going to add stress if we add the wrong person and it's not fair to us and it's not fair to them because it's just not who they are. And, um, but it really, it really opened my eyes. So it's something, you know, get Leslie's book and read it. And it really, it really opened my eyes to that. And it was a, a wonderful realization that that made a big difference for me. So thank you for that. 
Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jill, because that that's exactly it. I think you are, and, and many of us, non-gender specific, we we tend to be want to do everything ourselves and not we don't want to be a burden for other people. So we could be struggling um, and we're reluctant to maybe reach out and ask for help. But I just want to let you know that it is okay. okay. Uh, there's boundaries, of course, um, you know, reach out, um, listen to Jill's podcast. She's got uh, nuggets of wisdom as well as, yes, um, tune in, um, you know, follow me at Lash Wishes Consulting. If you're on Instagram, Lash Wishes Consulting on Facebook, there'll be links over the next couple of days that I'll, I'll put. This comes out on October 11th. Actually, it's available for pre-order right now, Uncover Your Light Volume 1. And there are 21 women who share their... Um, you know, inspiring stories, all unique from Canada, USA, the UK, and also Qatar. So it's an international book. And there were so many uh, people that wanted to share their their stories. And most of them, most of the women are entrepreneurs, that there was a second book that came out. Oh, and this launches later in uh, in October. And there's also someone in the in this book who has a, um, you know, lives with a chronic illness. But you know, I love what you are doing. Empower, inspire, comfort. I appreciate you more than you know. Thank you so much for having me on the Pickle Jar podcast. And um, sure to put in the show notes, I will get all your links. So if people are interested, they can quickly go to the episode details and they will be able to find and locate you um, without a question. So we'll make sure all that information is out there. But um, is there anything you want to wrap up with today, Leslie? I'm just so grateful that you're here. You are, yes, my first guest here um, with Addison's disease. And I'm just so thankful that the circle comes around and we are here together in the pickle jar. I'm very honored for you to be one of the pickles stuck in the jar with me. So thank you very much for being in my jar with me, Leslie. <laughs> thank you, Jill. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much again. Thank you again for joining us on this episode of The Pickle Jar. And again, thank you to my dear friend and inspiration, Leslie James, for sharing some of her story with us. I am so grateful to have her in my life. She is truly, truly just a beautiful soul. So um, please, you know, Leslie mentioned it and it's all about community. Her book, you know, us all coming together in The Pickle Jar we know we're, we're doing this, we're coming together because we need that community, we need that strength. So if you have a chance, I would so appreciate it that if you took a time to review the podcast, you know, leave a review, um, listen to other episodes, share um, and subscribe, please, please get this message out. It's such a strong message. We need people um, with adrenal insufficiency. We need to come together as a community and we need to come together as a community of people living with invisible illnesses. So again, from the pickle jar, I thank you so much for being a pickle with me. And until next time, please be well, my pickles. <laughs>